Welcome to the Imbibe Live Conversations podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We will offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at imbibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. We're grateful that you are here. Welcome to InVibe Life Conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. And today we have a very special guest, one of our listeners, Kara Beth McLeod. Thank you. Thank you for being hey. here. Happy to. We are so excited that you're here. You are our very first ever episode where we're bringing on one of our listeners who we want you to tell us about your InVibe Life journey. And I know that's a broad subject. So, so what good. does it mean to you? Well, um, let's see. I almost think I've been listening from the beginning from you guys. Cause even when I started, I went back and, um, caught episodes that I missed. So <laughs> thank you. Thank Yay! you. <laughs> Cause I, um, I just learned something every single time I just to have, even if it was just a little nugget of something. And so, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I feel like I've always been on this journey to sort of be the better me all the time. Um, so it that I think that's one of the reasons why the podcast speaks to me is because I'm never not working on yeah. myself and in all of the hats that I wear. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about all those hats. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm the mom of a teenager. Um, Cheryl and I's her oldest and my only uh, started kindergarten together. Yeah, <laughs> which I can't even believe because they're ago. yeah dri- they're about well, to be drivers. Her daughter's now about sixteen. Yeah, she turned sixteen on Monday actually. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I but uh, I was a teacher at the school where our kids um, went to elementary school. Um, so I've been a teacher from the very beginning of my career which I can't even believe is like 23-ish years in education. Um, I also have kind of early on in my teaching career, I started teaching gifted and talented students. And so that caused me to wear a completely different hat um, that I wasn't really expecting, but found sort of my vibe in the teaching world. Um, And that's really focused on creativity and higher level learners. And so um, I journey down that path quite a bit. So um, let's see, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher. Um, I have a chronic health disease. Um, I'm diabetic. And that really shifted a lot of my lifestyle and continues to. Um, so I'm a daughter. <laughs> What else? I don't know. Yeah. How long ago were you diagnosed with the diabetes? Um, I think it's five years or so. It started with um, a massive gallbladder attack that just sort of sparked all of that. And they were sending me to a liver specialist. They thought my liver was in trouble. Um, And it all ended up being related. Um, So... 
I actually think I fall in that very narrow. Um, it's never been diagnosed this way, but the more I learn about it, the more I think I fall in that 1.5 um, diabetic instead of it. So I don't know if y'all know, but there's type one, type two, and then there's this like very rare. Well, I don't know if it's very rare. I'm talking like I know. It is rare because I've never heard of it. Yeah. So there is a 1.5 version of it. Cause I think I've always, um, had a little tendencies towards this because, you know, there's, and I've also just been sort of learning to debunk a bunch of the myths that come with being diabetic. Um, but this is like the first year that I've embraced even talking about it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I was, um, I had, I had it when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then it was, it would be really weird. Like I would take my blood sugar over things that should have spiked it and it wouldn't, um, so there's a, you know, th- those are kind of my indicators of. So you're not textbook. I am not textbook, but I don't think there is anybody that is, is what I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think there is anybody. That's why I would say, because I fall under many of the things that qualify as both one and two, but I think that's pretty common. I just, it's not a common diagnosis. That's fascinating. What are some strategies you're using to help you on your path now that you have this really big life changing? Um, well, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I have not been able to learn how to, <laughs> I'm sure if I could unlock this secret, I could change the world, which is how to get rid of stress. Um, you could. <laughs> Because it is the bottle and sell it. You'd be right. I know. Right. (laughs) Um, it's the number one thing that causes problems with my health. Um, and that's hard to avoid in my profession. I mean, it's hard for anyone to avoid. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important point. So true to make Mm -hmm. because, you know, to me, I don't know how to phrase it. I'm probably not going to say it right. So forgive it. But diabetes is such kind of a textbook medical condition. There are, me- there are things you can measure. Um, your body is having biological changes within it. Um, you go to doctors for certain medication. It's as kind of by the book, Western medicine, a condition as you can get. But you're saying it's a lot of other than factors or how mentally, emotionally, spiritually well you are completely affect all of those diagnostic metrics. Yes. I've had to take a year off of teaching before because of um, my health had gotten so bad um, that the stress just, I mean, I think, I mean, I've heard y'all talk about it before on Mm -hmm. podcasts, how much stress really affects our organs. Um, and I'm learning, I'm still not great with my language as a diabetic. So I'm sure, you know, there could be a lot of criticism to this, but I, I'm coming to believe that I don't think it's completely textbook and that medication is our Western way of slapping a bandaid on that. Yep. And I've had to be a very big advocate for this medication makes me feel horrible. 
it may be doing what you want it to do with my numbers, but I have something called diabetic morning sickness. So I am nauseous and sick every single morning. Oh, wow. Which is really hard to do when you've got to be somewhere when it's still dark outside. Yeah. 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 So um, a slow morning is a good way for me to start. I don't get a slow. You know, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, Exercise is super important. Uh, Five o'clock in the morning doesn't really lend to great exercise time. And then by the time I get home, I'm so drained and wiped because in addition to teaching just being hard, teaching gifted kids is really different because their emotional um, and mental capacity is very different and intense. And so even though I teach smaller groups of children, they can literally zap all the energy out of you, which I think every teacher identifies with, but I didn't realize how much the gifted head mm-hmm. really seeps into my energy. I almost think too, it's like, that's every class period of your day, not yes. just the class period that has the more challenging kid in it. It's every class period for you. Right. You know, and, right. and I, it's, it's interesting. It's like, also, I've discovered this the last week I was teaching a course and I was zapped, almost like had the flu sort of feeling. And the more tired, the more uh, my body hurt, the more I didn't have a clear, you're going to understand this because you listen to our podcast. I didn't have a clear energetic boundary. So I was taking on all the people that I was working with and people that were coming into my studio were kind of penetrating me to where my exhaustion level at the end of the day was 10 times more than just a regular work day for me. Right. You know? Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I cannot on a Friday night, I cannot go anywhere in public. I can't go to a restaurant, particularly if it's noisy, like there's certain places we know where I can go. But I just, I don't have the, um, like this, I'm on sensory overload and can't, can't take it. Can't take it. Can't take it. So you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this. I love everything you're saying so much. Oh, I can relate. And because one of the big things you're expressing is a self-awareness of like your whole being and realizing that certain things work for it and don't work for it. I mean, like when you started before Cheryl even started talking about the energy, I was going to say like, is this your classroom? Can we look around here and see if we can set up some (laughs) boundaries and strategies (laughs) with you to, to cleanse the space and, and help, you know, protect yourself a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, Uh, yeah, really interesting perspective. Yeah. It's, And what's interesting is I've had kids in here today that aren't normally in my classroom and the energy that's in here is very different than it is in the regular classroom. So they come in and they're like, I love it in here. I love all the colors. I love all the, you know, all the things. And that's very purposeful for, because of the type of student that I work with. It would not be this way if I was a regular mainstream type of general teacher. Okay. Well, let's go there. We haven't gone off this deep end on a podcast yet, but Hey, um, (laughs) so we haven't on a podcast yet talked about things like Palo Santo and different things that can clear your space energetically. 
it might be, even if you don't bring that into the school, cause it can, you know, it can smell a little odd, although maybe a candle, a Palo Santo candle mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, sage will do it too, but sage yep. has a very strong smell. So I sage really like scare people. Yeah. I really like <laughs> Palo Santo. Palo Santo doesn't, but that's when I don't know home on a Friday. Like, or even every night in your home, maybe doing an energy okay. cleanse. And on that Friday, um, it might be a really nice idea. Or, you know, I'm just thinking of my Cheryl's candles from shock therapy, or, yeah. you know, there are different things like that, that might be able to just reset you on the weekend. You know what I do sometimes since we're going there on this podcast, uh-huh. um, when I've had a session with somebody that i when I walk back into my office and I'm like, Oh, just drained. It can feel it's something I don't want to take on. There's this spray and I'll yep. put it in my, sh- put it somewhere for us to see it. I'll spray it on my hand and it's like an oil and I'll just inhale it. And then just kind of do this clint, like, uh, like I'm brushing it over my body without actually physically touching my body. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of touching my energetic body. And that it like resets me to know that I'm safe. All is well. I'm not taking on their stuff. This is so much fun. I know. Okay. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I, got, I had to lean over and get a pin so I could yeah, start writing. No, here's the thing. This, this is, is why, is why this we is do so this much podcast. Fun. This is exactly why this podcast started. We spent so many years of Cheryl and I having this exact same kind of conversation with each other. <laughs> and then coming back and saying, oh my goodness, that really made a difference. Or here, listen to this or try that. So you guys on Fridays, when, after I listen and I get home, I start to tell my husband all of this and I can tell he's like, whoa, he's like, whoa, that is too is so for weird. Me. I can't, <laughs> you know, um, so I'm always, Cheryl knows. Cause sometimes I text her. I'm like, oh, uh, I need to know more about this. <laughs> okay. And so I'm so excited. I know one thing that I have for sure talked about on the podcast before if you've seen is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I think like I have this book right here. I keep it on my table. Becoming Supernatural is my favorite one because it's where he really talks about um, energetics and the quantum field and also how that can um, you can influence that to even improve your health, which is the field of epigenetics you're getting into. So that's interesting. But the other thing I like about Dr. Joe Dispenza is, and you can, I think even buy these on iTunes, but I know if you go to his website, you can download them. He has several guided meditations. And like one of them is uh, chakra balancing. And it's about 45 minutes. I would think that on a hard day or on a Friday, if you came home, lit a candle, did that 45 minute chakra balancing, it might completely reset you. And here's what I do. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you asked him, he'd say, sit and, you know, upright and let your spine take everything in. If I'm doing 45 minutes, I have a bad back. We know that we talk about that all the time. It's too long for me to sit straight. I lie down. I lie down. I put headphones on. I listen to it. If you doze off, don't even worry about it. Have that reset. And I'd love to hear if that made a difference. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I've started and I'm not that I could be so much better at is guided meditations. I'm that, terrible at it. But it has it makes a difference when I do it. And my husband does it as well. And he actually wears um the bracelet where you touch the beads as you um oh, go through. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I never said that right, but yeah. When he gets um super anxious and it's 
you know, he wears the beads. So it's also a good signal to my daughter and I, when we see it on his wrist, we know (laughs) without him having to have an emotional conversation with us that, um, that he's been taking some time for himself and he needed that. Um, so yeah, so we pull these, these kind of tools out. We haven't quite gotten the teenager on board with it. I haven't either. No, my three sons think I'm crazy. (laughs) You know, it's funny. My youngest Silas, he'll meditate with me, which is crazy because Caleb's my calm one and Silas is my. Well, but I would say just by age difference, that sort of mindset um, teaching started coming around when he kind of started in school. And so we've been doing similar things in the classroom. Like I have these really great deck of cards from this um, girl that I learned to follow on social media called the Calm Classroom. And she has these beautiful cards where it teaches you um, different methods of breathing for kids. I mean, it's all stuff we would do in a yoga class, maybe, or in a breath class, or just different breaths that we learn. Um, but it's all these different kinds and it relates it to animals and objects and different things like that so that kids can get a good visual of what the breath should be like. Um, and I use it all the time when things get wound up in here and I need to recenter the students. Um, I'll pull out my deck of cards and, and I'll let them pick and we learn a new kind of breathing. I love this. Yeah, it's and it's it makes a big difference. Um, one of the districts I worked in, we had a, a peace center. Every, all the teachers had to have a corner or a space that could, that was away from where everybody else was. And there was a bag of tools in there for them to do breathing exercises, to reset themselves. Um, so it's just interesting that I know a lot about teaching kids that and how hard that is to put into practice for myself. It's so hard to put into practice for yourself. I still do feel like there's some combination of boundaries and chakra balancing. Yeah, I agree. Really one of the reasons why I've moved districts is because I needed new boundaries. I needed a reset myself. Totally. Um, And and it's a lot of things that you just learn through life where you go, I never even thought of how this, this social situation would affect my teaching situation or my career situation or whatever. Right. So yeah. I crossed those boundaries a lot in my, mm-hmm. in my daughter's early age. And, um, there were consequences for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, K- Carabath used to teach in the same district her child was in. Right. Mm-hmm. So you were cool. friends with mm-hmm. the parents and then you knew you like me, you knew me as a a mother, mm-hmm. but then also teacher, mm-hmm. you know, which and is common. You and know. I lived in the neighborhood. Li- yeah, yeah. Lived around the corner from me occasionally at the studio. So would see Cheryl running. Oh, <laughs> I would be like, oh, why can't I be more like Cheryl? <laughs> you know, that is my, that is my, I know meditation. I've heard you say it now. I didn't know that then. Mm-hmm. But I've heard you say it on the podcast and I'm like, that makes so much sense. 
Yeah. People think I have all this time on my hand because they always see me running. I'm like, no, my head just needs that amount. Now I know she's got some stuff to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Look out Austin. (laughs) Yeah. Next time. So now I say, Stacy, leave her alone. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. So now I have a 40 minute drive every day and that is um, become very essential in my life to and from. because I listen to books, which I'm a voracious reader. I probably read three books a week, um, two or three. Yeah. And then um, I listen to podcasts on the way home and I'm a constant learner. So it feeds that need, you know, that kind of need. For me. You which is are a nice, my people, which is also <laughs> a nice transition for you. Like that from home to work and then from work to home, you have a transition time, which I have a feeling is pretty helpful. Yes, very. My commute is five minutes and I do the exact same thing. Like when I'm starting to get ready in the morning after everyone's left my house, then I can turn on my, my podcast or my audio book. I can continue it in the car so that when I get to work, I'm in a mindset of that podcast or that book. And I make those choices for that's not fictional. That's my, that's my Joe Dispenza book, or that's Mm -hmm. the podcast on health and wellness. It's something to put me in this frame that that, to set my day in a better place, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Then the other thing I'm trying to work really hard on is, uh, having, having diabetes, it's all, that's all you do is about, that's all you do. All you think about everything you put in your mouth, making plans for what's coming later to come to that. You're going to eat. Like if I make this choice now, how will that affect other choices I make? I mean, that's all I do is think about it. And so sometimes I have to create activities for myself where I'm not spending any time thinking about it because, um, it can cause a lot of anxiety and depression. <laughs> so, yeah. and, it, and it gets me, I'm somebody who I'm a natural redhead. So that, that's true about that fire in your belly and that, you know, like that's real, being a ginger is a real thing. Well, all those myths that's so far in my life, I've learned that that's real. And so I can get really angry about all of that stuff. So I have to find ways to release that. Yeah to find maybe some where the little silver lining, the gratitude, like the, why we have the hard things in our life yeah. and what we can learn from them. And that's so much easier said than done. Don't and it's, a, it's a life journey, right? It's kind yeah. of like that constant, like when there's something that, you know, spins you in your head into that direction, you don't want to go you're like, okay, I recognize this is here. And what I'm supposed to learn from it is maybe this. And now I'm going to put it on that shelf over there and I'm going to move forward with gratitude or we always say that all is well, Mm. or, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I truly believe, uh, you know, it's hard to say that bad things happen to us for a reason. And so I'm not going to go there, but I will say that I think we're supposed to learn something from everything that happens to us, no matter how bad it is or many things. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's look for the learning and say, that's to me, if even you can do that, that's a little bit of a shift in mentality. That's slightly more positive. Um, what can I learn from this? What can I do? Because 
you know, as we believe with the law of attraction, what we put our attention on is going to expand. And so we put our attention on the bad parts of that disease. Yeah, I can shame spiral big time. And and that's one of the reasons why I don't talk about it with like most people don't know that I am diabetic because um, I am so worried about the shame that comes with it. Um, I feel that enough on my own. I don't need that energy from somebody else. Um, but learn, uh, meeting children in my school who are newly diagnosed as diabetics and needing a safe adult to turn to was the reason why I decided it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. And I mean, wow. It's It's so surprising to me. I would never think of it as something that would bring on shame. Shame. I know, but I think now I can share that with some of my medical conditions that I have some underlying medical medical conditions. I talk about them openly on here because they're so relevant so often in the rest of my life. I really don't, but it's because I don't want people putting attention on that. Like that's not what I want you to think of with me. And you know, even when I'm having a bad moment, don't send me your pity, send me uplifting and positive thoughts. Right. I but don't when want I, your negative thoughts. Yes. But in my head, what is being said when I say I'm diabetic out loud is that's why you're fat. If you just ate better, if you like, I have all these horrible messages that I say to myself over and over again. Um, so I'm working on not having that. that out of my head. It's that voice in your head. Which yeah. did you listen to the episode where we gave our voice names? No. Oh yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. Yeah. Saboteurs. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody's got that voice. You know. Except, and you know what? I found out my daughter doesn't. I we think maybe she just doesn't recognize it as a voice. Doesn't recognize it. Yeah. But uh-huh. it's she was there. like, what are y'all talking about? The voice in your head. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? I remember one time driving my kids when they were little and I, we live real close to the high school and we were complaining about the teenagers parking on our street and dumping their trash and complaining, complaining, complaining. And my little one who is Caleb, he's probably like in kindergarten. He goes, mommy, are teenagers aliens? <laughs> and I was like, you know, kind of, yeah, they are. Now that he is one, maybe it's the, they don't rec because they're aliens. They don't recognize that brain in their head yet. <laughs> Or that voice in there. Well, you know, you're right. And that's the thing as a parent that I say to myself all the time. And I so hope she doesn't listen to this. (laughs) Or maybe I'll cut it out later. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think my kids listen. (laughs) I I will. um, I just have to see that was an alarm to check my blood sugar. Um, I have to say to myself. um, Remember, her brain is turned off right now. That the part that I need reasoning from doesn't exist. So not for, for a while. So yeah. don't throw that shade to her because her brain's working on something else. And it's not this decision-making that I need her to have smartness about right now. I'm well, going to think about that. That's a good time. To we, need to, yeah, we need to write I that know, down and put I that know. on our desk. That part of her brain is not there yet. Mm-hmm. It's not there. And you know, what's even weirder is I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. I've been watching all 18 years. They, they said it last night about their teenagers too. And I was like, that's so it's true. Mm-hmm. That part of their brain is shut down. And so I think that, you know, 
had to say it to myself last night because she said mm-hmm. something that I was like, mm-hmm. it's not there yet. Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, I think Cara Beth super lives in vibe. I'm so excited. We've learned so it. much from you today. Yeah. So much about you. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but I think this is so good. And I think it's just important for people to, um, hear that. I mean, it's, it's validating to know that we all have that voice that is not nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, Amy and I gave ours names. Amy right. calls hers Meanie. Meanie. And I call mine lowly, like low. And I just, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about because, that. Yeah. And uh, it was, you give it a name and then that way you can recognize it and tell it to like, all right, you need to go back into timeout. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, over sure. in that closet, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but because yeah, she needs a drawer big time. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Because then it like, it negates all the things where it's like, well, but you've lost 25 pounds and now you're going to yoga three times a week. And like, she needs to hush. She needs to hush. Yeah. And it's like, we often need to tell ourselves that we're beautiful inside Mm -hmm. and out. And I think that's important to tell. Yeah, I don't have any trouble saying that to my kid or any child who walks in this room you are loved, you are loved, you are worthy, you are you know, awesome. you're beautiful, you're awesome, you're yeah. capable of amazing things, but it's hard to say that to myself. Yeah, I think that's for all of us, mm. you know, this is great. I know. So I hope this inspires some of our other listeners. This is our first featured listener on our podcast. Thank you. We'd love yeah. to future conversations with other listeners out there. So if you're listening to this and think I have a story to tell or some questions to ask. On yes, the because podcast, I always have questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. This come is on, great. send us a message or an email and come on. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. from others and highlight. Yeah, I want to hear from our too. listeners. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'll join the conversations together. Yeah. And I like to hear what, what you got, what the listeners are doing to incorporate this sort of in vibe lifestyle into their life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I like that you're doing the yoga. I like that you have to, on Friday, be mindful of where you're going because your week has been drained and, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to hear. And it's also good to hear that some, some weeks, those things don't happen mm-hmm. and that's okay. Well, and every day you just have to start over again. Like I can't, yesterday I made some sad choices. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely one thing, but I go to your show notes all the time when I want to look up a book or browse the shop. I've done that before. Um, I can't remember. There was a lady from San Antonio who I would say chakra lady was the woo woo thing. But then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I loved it. My Cheryl Russ. Yeah, she yes. And yeah. I started looking up all. Yeah. So it's so yeah. funny that you brought her up and her products because I immediately started making a list. Yeah. Well, she's then good. that was meant to happen together. She's good. Okay. She's good. So you're seeing our <laughs> soon to be naughty edition here. Yes. Well, thank you so much yeah. for coming on and joining us. And I, I have a feeling this is not our last conversation with you. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you did anytime. This is oh, great. It was a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you yeah. too. I feel like I know you already. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um,
Thank you for joining our conversation today. For more information or to learn more about InVibe Life, we hope you'll visit us at www.invibelife.com. You can find links and show notes for this episode on our podcast page. Please like, follow, and leave a review for our podcast. We hope that you will listen again soon.